As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Welcome to the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds for the next two hours. And Wes, we got a lot to get into today. Of course, Will Hill is going to join us later on uh, this hour. And then Ovi Mihaly, two-time Pro Bowler with the Ravens and with the Falcons. Both his teams, his former teams, won this past week. So we'll have Big O join us in the second hour to talk about those teams in specifics. But we have to talk about what happened last night. Now, if you were a Bears backer and you took the seven, you feel pretty good because that ticket did cash. If you had the over 40, that cashed as well. If you had Bears money line, you might feel like you got jobbed a little bit last night with the officiating. So that seemed to be the big point of consternation as the Steelers do get the win 29-27. So, Wes, I look at this and, and the taunting rules, the one that everybody's talking about, and Tony mm-hmm. Parenti, the, the, the ref actually bumped into the said Bears player and then threw a flag on him afterward. It was for the taunting as he looked at the Steeler bench after making a huge sack on third down. And by the way, he was cut by the Steelers, so he was just looking over in the general direction of his former team. Right. And I understand we're not too far removed from Miles Garrett, right, and Mason Rudolph and that ugly incident we had a couple of years ago. So I understand point of emphasis and those sort of things that the league tries to do. But when you watch this game, and you go, did the Bears' money line ticket holders 
get jobbed by the refs. They probably did when you look at how this game basically shook out statistically. The Bears, uh, 414 yards of total offense, 7.1 yards of play. You can see that Justin Fields is making little gradual progressions. Mm-hmm. You can't ask him to be player of the year, you know, in his first few games as a starter in the league, but he's starting to make gradual prese- uh, progressions. I thought he played pretty well last night, even though he did have that turnover. But just looking at this game, it really felt, and, and I ended up splitting personally on this game because I laid the pre-flop with the Steelers, and I took the Bears for the second half. I was trying to middle, yeah. but what inevitably happened is you juice out and go one and one. So, you know, because I thought the Bears maybe were going to keep it close. The Steelers just weren't getting far away from this team because they really couldn't generate offense. Look at what they did last night. 4.2 yards a play for the Steelers. That's not that's not going to get it done. They didn't really run the ball that great. No. Only 3.3 yards per carry, kind of regress back to the usual Steeler running game. Uh, Roethlisberger was getting pressured, and it, it looked like the Steelers were just kind of like hanging on by a thread. And then the Bears make a big, or the Bears make a big sack, and then and then the penalty comes, the uh, taunting penalty for the guy that was the former Steeler, as you mentioned, just totally changes that game. And there were a lot of really questionable calls. Look, uh, with college basketball officially beginning <laughs> today, there is a referee, and he's actually a very good referee and gets a bad rap named Ted Valentine, yeah. who they call TV. Teddy. Well, we had Tony Carrenti last night, and he was TV Tony. 12 penalties for the Chicago Bears for 115 yards. There's your difference. Well, he spoke, I I guess, to pool reporters after the game to explain the taunting penalty and why he called it. Now, I don't recall officials ever being held accountable for what they do. It's kind of funny because, you know, Wes, what we do each and every Sunday in the green zone, and and I'm sure you saw some of the posts yesterday on social media, you go, you know, we, we wager on this league. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we people put in some of their hard-earned money on yeah. this league, and they look at some of these officials, and they go, well, come on, how in the world can you make some of these calls? We wager real dollars on this league. It's like, <laughs> why the hell do we bother? What are we doing right. with uh, exactly. ourselves? And, and that's the allure of the NFL and the allure of sports betting. It's like, we'll continue. We, we will piss and moan about the officiating and all the different things in this league. You know what? We're still going to be watching again. It, it, it's like... Like, it's like a drug that we oh, can't quit. I, and I'm, I'm right there with you. And I was saying that last night on social media. I was like, look, I, this league is ridiculous. It, look, again, and I don't want to belabor the point here, but you understand why the league has, has these enforcements. And they do do every year with the competition committee. They do something called point of emphasis. And one of the points of emphasis this year is on the taunting penalties. What you'll see is as the year goes on, those will go away. But they'll call those early now to try to set the tone and tenor for mm-hmm. the players, for the league, for the year. I don't like it. You can't take emotion out of the game of football. I think it's part of the appeal and the war of it for the fan bases out there. And, and that's why you have literally millions upon millions of people that watch this league each and every week. So, again, I understand they want to limit fighting. That's what this gets down mm-hmm. to. We saw Jokic last night in the NBA, right, yeah. with, with, with the Morris brothers. We might have a yeah. WWE brawl in our hands here. Yeah, J- Jimmy, Jimmy Buckets was selling some wolf tickets, too. Come on, man. Come on, man. So, you know, where he's got like 20 guys in between him and Jokic just sitting there on the bench. And I know that's what the leagues and the officials, that's what they're trying to curtail, right? They don't want these people having these things bleed over into what could be potentially, you know, malice at the palace type events. I totally get that. But if you're going to call that a taunting penalty after the Bears got a huge three and out mm-hmm. with a sack on Roethlisberger to get the ball back in the fourth quarter of a one-score game, I do think people are going to start to go, what are we doing here? 
Yeah. So what, what in the world are we doing? What are you legislating against NFL? And I think that's a real issue that the league has to address. You cannot take emotion out of it because I do think people are going to look at this and go, I felt like I got jobbed if I had the Bears money line. And we, by the way, I did not. I had the Bears plus the seven. I'm just saying for the people right, that had the Bears money line, right. they're going, we got, we got hosed last we night. We have to set an example for the youth of America. Meanwhile, the youth of America has these little things right there where they can find as much inappropriate content yes. as they want at like 10 years old. So it just seems I mean, a little bit hypocritical. It is. And I, and I think, look, in the NFL, these are, gr these are grown ass men. They yes. call it a grown ass man league and treat them like grown ass men. You know, yes. don't, I mean, don't treat them like they're kids. Let them, let them go. If yeah. they're going to go, I, I mean, you know, sports, this is competitive sports. This is professional sports with a lot of money on the line. Let him go. Yeah, and again, this is the, the NFL has embraced gambling, and I think it's been long overdue. We, we've seen that, obviously. It helps out our industry tremendously. But when you do have people wagering the types of uh, amounts of money that they do across the world on these games each and every Sunday, we got to make these make sure these officials get these things right. And I think a lot of people today are saying, what can we actually do about that? And I think it's something the commissioner and the owners and the competition committee have to look at at the end of the year and say, what are we, what are we legislating against? I understand Mason Rudolph and Miles Garrett. We don't want to have those situations again. Those are once in decades. We yeah. don't see those. Those. It's not emblematic of the league. I don't think it's as real a problem as they might think it, and, it is. And you don't want to take the entertainment portion out of the game either because this is not just sports and the purity and the integrity of the game and then add everything else into it like sports betting and whatnot. At the end of the day, this is a form of entertainment in American society and the fans that pay their hard-earned money and the viewers that watch, they want to be entertained here. So you don't don't want to take that entertainment out of the game you know you you know there's going to be some trash talking yeah. there's going to be some dancing there's going to be some celebration that's all part of it when you pay that big money for the ticket prices in these stadiums around the league no question about it so again the Steelers do get the win Bears plus seven gets the tickets and the game easily goes over but by the way this was trending to the under for the majority of the night then the Bears explode in the fourth quarter with 21 points yeah. in the fourth quarter for this game then to go well over the total once you had the fumble and the putt return return for a touchdown, I think that's when you said, all right, mm -hmm. this thing is finally going to click over here in the fourth quarter. Yeah, nobody really saw, I think, a shootout particularly coming <laughs> no, here. No. And that's what it ended up being in the Steelers, despite the fact that they averaged 4.2 yards a play. They get the win nonetheless, and they're 5-3 and three, right in the thick of it in the AFC North. They have four straight wins now for the Steelers. But to your point, I felt like they were hanging on there at the end. And again, you know, the Bears needed about 30 more yards and maybe about 30 more seconds on the clock to potentially get a game-winning field goal as they came up, what, about 15 yards short? Mm -hmm. Certainly, if you don't get that first down on the taunting penalty, there's your time and your yardage that you would have potentially needed to win the game, and I'm sure a lot of Bears fans are looking at that today. Okay, we did just get some breaking news. Nick Chubb is now, uh, he has tested positive for COVID-19, so I'm assuming the status for, for him on Sunday is clearly up in the air, if not out. So we will have to see what happens there. But, boy, you look at the Browns a week ago, and Nick Chubb was a huge reason why they ran roughshod over the Bengals uh, in Cincinnati last week. You take him out mm -hmm. and still no Kareem Hunt, there goes your running game again. Well, and it's also uh, uh, Felton, Demetric Felton, also tested positive for COVID-19. Both players are vaccinated, but their status does remain in question. Obviously, for the protocol, you're going to need each player to have two negative tests 24 hours apart to be able to play in Sunday's game at New England because what this leaves, basically, 
Because also keep in mind, they have another running back, John Kelly, who went on the COVID reserve list on Monday. And you mentioned Kareem Hunt on IR with that calf injury. The Cleveland Browns have one running back at the moment, and that's Dearness Johnson. Uh, the great Dearness Johnson great with Thursday that great night. game on Thursday night a couple weeks ago against Denver. So Cleveland, a uh, little bit of the walking wounded right now in the backfield. That news is starting or it's about to hit the market pretty much market-wide when we came in the studio this morning. One and a half, some one out there new england lane in foxborough so we'll probably see at least a little bit of adjustment maybe not an over adjustment because obviously that they can still play if they get the negative tests and and like adam Schefter and uh, what i was reading on the on the twitter sure. here in terms of the protocol so probably are at least going to see an early adjustment where do you think that might go it can't get up as high as three do you think for the patriots because yeah, of this news today? i don't know if it will because i think now Based on how impressive Cleveland looked in Cincinnati last week and the fact that they finally have the, the Odell has been freed apparently. Oh, Appar he's free. Free Appar Odell. Appar apparently they have a gulag in Cleveland uh, <laughs> and I did not know about it. Unbelievable. Uh, a Moscow-like gulag in Cleveland. But nevertheless, they removed the distraction. And I think you saw that that mattered for Cleveland on Sunday because they went out and they took control of that game. They grabbed that game by the throat. Joe Burrow throws that pick on the goal line, and that was one-way traffic for the rest of the game. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that, too. The Odell Beckham Jr., uh, you know, I, I wonder, again, if maybe Baker Mayfield's dad will cut a video together of all the nice throws <laughs> he had last week and put that out there on social media. I mean, this free Odell Beckham Jr., look, he's going to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. But we don't know where he's going to go, but now he is officially, I believe he's cleared waivers. So that contract situation is no longer an issue for another team to grab him. But boy, oh boy, you know, everybody says it's got to be a, a team here that's going to be potentially a playoff team or a championship team. I wonder who wants Odell Beckham Jr. at this point. Somebody will. Somebody's going to take him. When we come back, we'll talk MVP odds. They are changing right here on the Lombardi line. It is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. 
Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Football season is here. It's time to download BetMGM Sports. It's Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today or stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call one 800 522-4700. Dave Ross alongside West Reynolds. This is the Lombardi line right here on Visa. I'm going to talk a little college basketball in the next segment here, Wes, and talk some NFL, of course, with Obi Mahaley in the next hour and Will Hill coming up later on this hour. But I do want to get to the NFL MVP odds. And after what we saw on Sunday, my goodness, what do you make? I mean, Josh Allen is the leader right now. Mm-hmm. I've been staying on this program for about seven weeks. I wouldn't bet against Tom Brady. And now the value might be gone for Brady as the co-favorite at plus 350. But Kyler Murray didn't play last week. Matthew Stafford was awful. Dak Prescott was terrible. Aaron Rodgers has got issues of his own. My goodness, Josh Allen, what happened to you against Jacksonville? How in the world would you possibly say... The value here is with X. Where do you find any value on this MVP odds board? Yeah, it's getting tough because everybody, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like Tom Brady's going to be Tim Allen, last man standing here, and and that's what he is going to be, perhaps, if the play continues with these guys. So, look, Tom Brady, I mean, he's having a, he's having a terrific season. No, no I mean, he had, you know, that game against the Bears where he wasn't very good and still threw five touchdowns in the first half. So, I don't think it's like, oh, we don't want to give it to these to this guy again. But if all these guys keep falling by the wayside a little bit, look, uh, this is two games in a row. And I know Buffalo covered against Miami as a two-touchdown favorite. It was a late cover, though. They were sloppy. This is two sloppy efforts in a row for the Buffalo Bills. And we're going to see, I think, starting this weekend, if there's any there there. Because, once again, they're almost two-touchdown favorites on the road by 13 over the New York Jets. Mm. I think if Mike White maybe is cleared, that probably is going to drop a little bit where you're going to see some jet support, but 
Josh, the Buffalo Bills have had a couple shaky games yeah. now. And then Kyler Murray, is he going to be back? Not sure he is. They're currently 10-point favorites over the Arizona Cardinals. Matthew Stafford, I thought, really had the first poor game oh, he was as the Los Angeles Rams yep. quarterback when he was doing that, the, his best Carson Wentz impersonation, where it's like, okay, you can go ahead and take the safety, especially at that point of the game. Now, it ended up working out for the Colts, Wentz throwing that interception because it got the Colts the ball back, and they were able to tie the game at least right. in regular thanks to a large pass interference call but you know Stafford did did not play well I think for the first time you know it kind of looked like Detroit Matthew Stafford he a did. little bit just throw it up there yeah and Aaron Rodgers of course who knows when he's going to be back uh yeah Aaron not making many friends over the past uh he is getting crucified on social of, media a little bit of chink in that armor I know uh uh Howard Stern was all over him yesterday morning well the problem with that is and, and look we're, we're talking about Rodgers here plus 900 the problem is this is a, a, an award that's voted on mm -hmm. okay Okay, so there is bias that yes. gets built into this. Yeah, everybody has their own opinions. They say that they can disassociate it, but you can't because oh. we're human beings. There you Dave. go. So people are like, well, Aaron Rodgers missed a game on his own accord, right? Yeah. This would be the narrative. Yeah. And let's say he misses another one. We don't know if that's going to be the case. He, he, again, could be cleared uh, Saturday and potentially could play on Sunday against Seattle. But that is the point here. When you're trying to find value here, you got to tread carefully because yeah. you just don't know. Look, Dak Prescott, basically now he's missed – uh, well, he missed one game against Minnesota, right? Mm -hmm. And he did not play well at all in his comeback effort here against the Broncos. So, again, at plus 900, uh, Lamar Jackson at 11-1? to that might be the best value that I see so yeah, far on the board. I, I think so. I, I, yeah, absolutely. Of those short prices, uh, because when you look at kind of that top seven where Lamar is at the bottom of that top seven, he's still putting up numbers, and he's having to put up numbers because that Baltimore defense, you know, this, is, mm -mm. this isn't Ray Lewis and Ed Reed <laughs> no. and Jamie Sharper and, and you know, Michael McCrary and all no. these guys. Uh, this, is a, this is a defense that gets thrown the ball on a lot, and you You've seen the secondary kind of get picked apart this year. So Lamar has really had to evolve. I cannot believe when you look at that board and you see Patrick Mahomes at 66 to 1. I say again, Patrick Mahomes at 66 to 1. I mean, Wes, is there any way? Look, you and I watched a lot of that Green Bay game of the Green Zone on Sunday. Their offense is anemic. And I cannot believe we're having this conversation. Is there any... I mean, you would say value, 66 to 1. You trust anybody to flip the switch. It's Patrick Mahomes. Right. Is there a possibility of that happening? I do not. I mean, I think he could play better, but I think he's probably dead on the board at this point because he just had so many turnovers. And it's like he only had 166 yards passing against Green Bay. Ugh. A Green Bay secondary that's not the best. It's a little bit banged up. Alexander's still out. And, you know, you would think Kansas City would have got right there offensively where you could have moved the ball down the field. But I just don't see it with Mahomes. I'll tell you a price, though. Even though I think this team is starting to get overvalued. But... There's a big price out there that, you know, if you just want to take a stab at it just to grab the number, not thinking, okay, well, maybe I'm not going to cash this ticket, but I'm not going to get a better number. The whole world this week loves the Tennessee Titans. Now they're starting to say the Tennessee Titans are the best team in the AFC because it switched like every week throughout the season, Dave. It was Kansas City to start. Then it was Buffalo. Then it was Baltimore. Then it was the Chargers. Then it was Buffalo again. 
And now, finally, it's Tennessee. They win four straight games as an outright underdog. Mm. Two of them were coin flips. Two of them were convincing. That win over Kansas City was convincing. And that win over the Rams, even though they didn't do much offensively, you know, they pretty much took control of the game very early on in that second quarter. And then you had a coin flip win over the Bills and a coin flip win over Indianapolis. Now you come home and you're only laying three at home. And if you call default home field advantage as three points, then that's a pick them on a neutral side against the New Orleans Saints team that did lose at home to the Atlanta Falcons and is either going to be led into Nashville by Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill. We'll see how that goes. And I do like the Saints in that game, by the way. We might be able to break that down a little bit later. But with all the media hype this week, because you're watching all the different shows, listening on the radio, watching all the national networks, they're like, the Tennessee Titans are for real. The Tennessee Titans are for real. And then through osmosis, people listen to that. And people are like, oh, God, I've got to get on Tennessee right now. And that's the time you don't want to be on. When everybody's jumping on the boat, you want to get the hell off the boat. But I do think Tannehill at 40 to 1. I agree. If that, you know, if, if somehow this continues and Tennessee continues to defy the odds, if you will, and just doesn't have that spot, where all of a sudden they kind of run into a wall. Because, look, nice win on Sunday, first game without Derrick Henry. The first game is the one that everybody's motivated. It's like, we got to win it for our guy. We really got to step up. And then it's that game after that second game where it's like, okay, now we really feel the loss here. Well, I'm with you on that. I look at that and I go 40-1 to for the wide receiver playing quarterback. And you go, well, aesthetically, he doesn't have look at anybody else on the board. And you'd probably say better quarterback Mm -hmm. than Ryan Tannehill, right? Mm -hmm. But to your point, if, and it's a big if, they can go ahead and be the number one seed in the AFC. I mean, we're really extrapolating here, right? Yeah. But if they were able to do that without Derrick Henry, mm-hmm. okay, then they are going to start looking at Ryan Tannehill and go, well, we should look at his numbers a little yeah, bit more, right? Yeah, it's like, I, I don't know, you may not win the ticket, may not win the bet. But there's but value there. You're not going to, you know, it's 40 to 1 is, is the highest probably that it's going to be. Assuming that Tennessee even kind of plays 500 ball, that still means they're going to win the AFC South. Mm-hmm. That still probably means they're going to get at least a top two or three seed in the AFC. So you could very much see that with Ryan Tannehill because maybe I think, you, like you mentioned, it's both on right and we're human beings and I think you know when you think about it hey this is a guy it didn't work out for him at Miami kind of washed out they gave up on him he had to take the backup job to Marcus Mariota in Tennessee eventually won the job he's led them to playoff wins they've been to an AFC championship game in the last couple years so you know, maybe we want to reward this guy, you know, because people, I think people always like a comeback story, yeah. Dave. And people like a story where somebody has had to deal with adversity and got knocked on their butt and then get get back up, brush themselves off, and then go ahead and succeed. So 40 to 1 is the best number you're going to get on Tannehill. Now, I don't like Tennessee in the game this week. And I think eventually there is a spot where they're going to hit a wall. It might be this week against New Orleans, but... When you when all of a sudden you're a small favorite and you come off four straight underdog wins, there's just that spot. But Tannehill at forty to one in terms of a number standpoint, that's the best you're gonna get. That might be worth a little scoopage. I will just say this. This team has burned me almost week in and week out. And I had the Rams first half on Sunday night. Never a shot after Stafford's throwing the football all over the place. And Tannehill right now, he's not making a lot of mistakes. He's not sexy. He's not dynamic. I get that. 
but he does the job. And at the end of the day, if this is the number one seed in the AFC, voters will look at that. And like you said, it could be last man standing here. There is a real shot at 40-1 to 1 that that ticket, the value of it is too good to pass up. And shout-out to my guy Tim Doyle, who comes on the show a lot. Timmy loves, absolutely loves Ryan Tannehill. I've been dogging this guy for about five years. i got to be more introspective and look at the, the quarterback play here because he's playing quarterback at a very high level. When we come back, college basketball is back. We'll break down opening night in the college hoop season when you come back with us right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Basketball starting tonight. Now is the time to get your copy of our annual betting guide for only $10. This year's guide is everything you need to bet on all the games all season long, including odds, trends, power ratings, and analysis for every single team. Our team of experts, including Greg Hoops Peterson, Matt Humans, and team Tim Murray, provide their predictions for win totals, futures, conference championships, tournament teams, and player awards. Sign up today and get your copy for only $9.99 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds here on VEASAN. This is the Lombardi Line. And let's talk a little college basketball since it does begin tonight in earnest. And Wes, I'm always assuming that when you get these big games, Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. right? Everybody wants to bet the favorite and the over. That normally seems to be the way it goes without really knowing what these teams are going to look like. So let's look at the first game here at Madison Square Garden. We have Kansas against Sparty tonight. And Kansas right now preseason number three. The Spartans number 11 with T to the Izzo here. And Kansas a four-and-a-half-point favorite. And the total here at about 140. How do you break down these teams when you've maybe had a glimpse of preseason action, but really we're going to get our real first look tonight? Yeah, and and look, sometimes you you got to look at what the expectations are on the team. I think the expectations are that Kansas could make a return to the Final Four, and and I guess you can't see why not with the talent they have. A lot of different transfers here, but I do like Michigan State here tonight. And and one of the things about Michigan State, I, I don't want to say low expectations because I'm seeing if that's accurate, ranked 11th in the country, even though I've seen a lot of people pick them fifth or sixth sure. in the Big Ten. So usually don't see Michigan. Michigan State that low last season I believe was the worst regular season Michigan State had had since 1992-1993 worst regular season they had ever had under Tom Izzo they did make the NCAA tournament but it was remember that first four game and they got knocked out by UCLA a game they should have won yeah exactly so now you have a Michigan State team that the expectations I do think are lower because if you look up and down their roster not that they don't have talented players but there's not as much talent on this team as there's been in years past, but they're finally, I think, going to have a point guard, which is going to improve them immensely. Uh, Rocket Watts was kind of a square peg in a round hole, he basically, was. and he he is now transferred out of the program. So you bring in Tyson Walker, transfer from Northeastern. He'll take over as the point guard. They didn't have a go-to presence at that position all of last season because, remember, Cassius Winston mm-hmm. ha- had moved on. So now they have that with Walker. Now, he's going to have to defend uh, the two transfers, Remy Martin, who comes in from Arizona State, Joseph Yusufu, or Yusufu, rather, who comes in from Drake. 
very quick off the dribble. They don't turn the ball over a lot. And then, you know, Michigan State's going to have to step up in terms of their forwards. They got a, they got a five-star wing, Max Christie, who is a kid out of the suburbs of Chicago who is player of the year there in Illinois. Joey Hauser is going to be there. So they're going to have to go against that big and David McCormick for Kansas, the big seven-footer. Kansas is also going to be without Jalen Wilson, which I think does give Michigan State an opportunity to kind of exploit on the perimeter and get some good shots. Uh, I think Hauser, if you remember him at Mar. Oh, yeah. When he had Marcus Howard, who was a big time scorer and could really also find him on pick and pop. I think Walker, the kid from Northeastern in the transfer, can go ahead and do that with Hauser. I would expect that that is going to be better. Uh, so I, I like I, I like Michigan State here in the spot getting four and a half. You can maybe wait for an end game because these are two big national TV games in Madison Square Garden tonight. So you are going to get live opportunities. Every shop probably should have a live betting option, at least for these games. But I do like the Spartans here. I think Izzo usually is at his best because we always see they kind of lose a game against a big team early in the year, and then it's like, eh, this team's not very good. And now when they're not expected to win, this is where I think that they could. So I like Michigan State getting the four and a half. I think some fives have even showed here, but they may have disappeared. Obviously, try to get the best number you can, but four and a half is basically widely available. Okay, so this is the swan song for Coach K at Duke as Mike Krzyzewski will retire after this season. They begin his final season against Kentucky. Now, when you look at John Calipari's kids, I always say this, you better get them now in mm -hmm. November because they're going to be a lot tougher to get in March. That's just the way it normally goes with Coach Cal and the way his kids get better as the years as the year goes on because he plays a ton of underclassmen. Duke, a small number here, only three, but you look at that total here of 148 and a half. Do you have a lean either way here? Yeah, and I am going to go ahead. This has risen up a little bit. This was like one and a half, and I'm going to go ahead and take the Wildcats at the three. And Duke, maybe without A.J. Griffin, who is one of their five-star freshmen, uh, didn't really play a lot in the exhibition. He played in the exhibition game, not a lot of minutes, but dealing with the knee issue, and he's their best defender on the wing, even as a freshman. You also got some injuries on the Kentucky side. Oscar Tshibwe has been banged up. He's the West Virginia transfer. C.J. Frederick, sharpshooting kid from Covington, Kentucky, that started his career at Iowa. Now, he is probably going to play very sparingly. He's going to be a bigger part of the team, I think, going forward. Uh, if you look at what happened with Kentucky last year, they were not very good at the rim. And if you were a good big guy, you could score down low against these guys. And look, Duke brings arguably the best one in the country in Paolo Banchero out of Seattle. And this is a kid that probably has a shot to be a first-team All-American as a freshman. I actually said he was going to be the ACC Player of the Year in our VEASAN College Basketball Betting Guide, which, of course, is out today, and you can cop at VEASAN.com. You're worried about Toshibwe defensively if he's going to have trouble sticking with this kid because the bigs for Kentucky, you know, had trouble sticking with guys down low last year. So maybe Jacob Toppin, the younger brother mm -hmm. of Obi Toppin, gets a crack at it here. But I do think Kentucky can defend down low. He's, they're going to they're gonna pressure the ball a little bit more because I think Cal feels like he has a little bit more depth and try to pressure these young guards for, for Duke. Kentucky does bring in some experience now at guards. Remember, uh, Xavier Wheeler mm -hmm. transfers in from Georgia. They also got the kid out of uh, Arizona, Ty Ty Washington, as a freshman. And 
I think that they're going to be a little bit too quick for Duke. Plus, they have Kellen Grady from Davidson, who's a sharpshooter. And that Kentucky also didn't have three-point shooters last no, year. They now they bring in Frederick, even though he's going to be a little limited tonight in the Garden. They bring in Grady. They have Dante Allen, Mintz returning. So Kentucky was, I think, just above 33.3% last year in three-point range. I think they're going to be better this year. Money did come in on the overnight and in the early morning on Duke. But now I think at three, I think Kentucky, I think that's probably a good buy point for the Wildcats. Uh, two teams obviously did make the NCAA tournament last Amazing. year. Uh, very rare. Two of the historic programs in college basketball, I think they'll have no problem necessarily making it this year. But I'll be on uh, the big blue from Lexington and not the one from Durham. There's no way the committee is going to keep Mike Krzyzewski out this final year. Dude, there's no way about that. But again, two top ten teams here preseason going at it tonight in the garden. All right, let's talk about Jacksonville State against Wichita State and the Shockers here. Do you have a lean on this game? I do, and and I, I do like Jacksonville State getting it's now down to about seven and a half. There might be some eights in the market, but there was some nine early on and then some sharp guys went ahead on Jacksonville State. Look, Ray Harper, really good coach at Jacksonville State. They are now, by the way, in the Atlantic Sun. I think people might be used to them being in the Ohio Valley. They have now joined the Atlantic Sun Conference where they are the favorite in that league. And I think that that's a little bit of a lower league considering you're not having to go against Belmont and Murray State twice in a schedule. But I like Jayville State here because, number one, they have the better front court. They have, they have the size here. And... Ray Harper runs a lot of these kind of like junky, tricky matchup zones, runs mm -hmm. a lot of 3-2 matchup zone. Isaac Brown, now the coach at Wichita State, uh, the interim tag was removed last year after Greg Marshall was shown the door. He runs a motion offense. They really struggled a lot against zone defense last year. So I think now that you're seeing Jacksonville State, if you can get that eight and a half, I think I saw seven and a half this morning. If you can get it, I think it's well worth the take. I, I trust Ray Harper in this matchup, and I think that they're just going to have the advantage down low over Wichita State. You know, at the beginning of the show, you brought up uh, Teddy Valentine, the longtime college basketball hoops official. And every time I think of Teddy V, I think of Bob Knight. Because that's when the chair came out, and you remember he, you know, Teddy Valentine just stood there very. Well, I, I was there on uh, on senior night when Indiana played Illinois. Luke Recker, then with Indiana, got knocked to the floor, and Bob Knight went to check on him, got thrown out, and he walked by Ted Valentine I'm sitting under the basket. I'm like, oh my God, he's gonna hit him. This is the night he's gonna go Woody Hayes on somebody. Because right. uh, those two guys had, had quite the pass, but I have to bring up your alma mater, Indiana, taking on Eastern Michigan tonight. Bob Knight's not walking through that door, uh, that is for sure. But what do you make of this Hoosier basketball team this year? Well, he has been around at least because he's moved back to Bloomington. He watched practice, was at the Fan Fest over wow. the weekend. So nice to see Coach Knight back in the program and his former liege, Mike Woodson, who played on a Big Ten title team for him at 1980 in Indiana is back, you know, at, at Indiana. First time, obviously, coaching college basketball for Woody. But you got two coaches here that come in from the pro game. Uh, Mike Woodson, obviously, for the better part of a quarter century, mm -hmm. has been an assistant coach and a head coach in the NBA. Then you have Stan Heath, who spent the last few years with the Lakeland Magic in the G League. Stan Heath likes to run a lot of these, like, matchup zones. And you got an Indiana team that doesn't really have yet a lot of proven three-point shooters. So I did think 24-and-a-half was a little little bit high. Give me Eastern Michigan. I think it's going to take a little time for this Indiana team to gel, but there's opportunity with the soft schedule to get a lot of wins early. Still a basketball school? 
it is still a basketball school. It is officially basketball season at 6 Eastern in Bloomington, Indiana. Cannot wait. When we come back, Will Hill is going to join us right here to talk all things NFL and break down some lines that he might like early in the week. Come on back. It's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Smart journalism, fascinating topics, words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Doc Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, welcomes you with a special offer on college basketball. Simply place a $10 money on wager on any game, and if either team hits a three-pointer in the game, you're going to win 200 bucks in free bets regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use the bonus code VEASAN200 when you make your first bet. Enjoy college hoops like never before with BetMGM all season long. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com to use the bonus code VEASAN200 to win 200 bucks in free bets if a three-pointer is simply made in the game you wager on. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. 
Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN. And right now, it's always a pleasure to welcome in Will Hill, our VEASAN contributor, and also does a great job on the New York City cast. And, Will, I always think, when I think New York City, when I hear that city cast, I think Ioannis Cespedes with his walk-up music as a member of the Metropolitan. If you remember, he said, if you're not from the city, it's just talk. So I cannot wait, and I hope people are enjoying your city cast in New York City. Where is Ioannis Cespedes? Last time we saw him was during the lockout season. He didn't show up for a game. He said, I'm done. He hasn't been back since. I know he's got horses and cars he likes to ride. He likes to play <laughs> golf. So, man, it's a shame because he was a hell of a talent. He was fun to watch when, when he was healthy. But uh haven't seen him lately. I don't. I think he's all done. I, he might be he had two Achilles problems. I know that. But I was in the tank for Yossi. That was my guy in New York. Still disappointed that you're not a Met fan. But you do do a great job with the New York City cast. Okay. Let's talk college hoops a little bit here. Because Wes and I were just discussing his alma mater, Indiana, tonight. Taking on Eastern Michigan. Are you going to go against? Well, actually, Wes is going against his old, his alma mater anyway. What about you? I am too. Uh, I actually like Indiana long-term. I think they're a bit of a sleeper. They might be a dangerous team by the time March comes around. But I like uh, Eastern Michigan tonight. That's 609 rotation number. I know people like to give the, uh, hear those because there's so many games to go through. So that's rotation number 609. Uh, I just think it's too many points. You know, Stan Heath is a good coach, a veteran coach. He actually coached, I'm sure, Wes, I don't know if you mentioned it. I'm sure he remembers the Elite Eight game, 2002, Kent State. Yeah, Antonio Gates had 22 points for Kent State. It wasn't enough as Indiana went to the Final Four and went to the Finals. <laughs> That's a long time ago. But, you know, he, he's still kicking around. He could throw a bunch of defenses at you. Uh, new system for Indiana, new offense, new coach. I like Woodson. I think it's an interesting hire. I just think there might be some growing pains. And, you know, Eastern Michigan does have a couple of guards that can break you down off the dribble. So I just think it's too many points here. I do like Eastern Michigan. Yeah, I'm with you here, Will. And and I'm the same with Indiana. I think they're going to get off to a very good start. They have a very soft schedule. And I think a smart schedule with a new coach, with new players, also instituting more of a new offense, going four out, uh, one in. And also they're, they're, they're getting rid of the pack line, the old Archie Miller pack line. So it's going to be a lot of man-to-man, you know, some switch. Of course, when you coach in the NBA, you kind of switch everything. And Stan Heath comes from a pro background, at least recently, was in the G League with the Lakeland Magic. So, you know, Stan Heath runs a lot of these matchup zones. And the one thing about Indiana, I think Trace Jackson Davis is going to have a monster year for the Hoosiers. But they got to prove that they can shoot the three ball. And they had not been able to shoot the three ball. And there's a difference between being like a sh- making shots and being able to shoot the basketball. And Indiana hasn't really shown yet to have those three-point shooters. We'll see if they develop throughout the season. All right, both you guys on Eastern tonight. Will, let's talk about one of the marquee games at Madison Square Garden. It's great when the season starts. It's always fun to watch these marquee games. we got one with Kansas and Michigan State. And maybe if you're not on the side, are you on the total here? No, I did grab the points with Michigan State. I think Izzo will bounce back after, you know, what for him was a really bad year last year to be in the playing game, uh, lose to UCLA. I think, you know, look, they're always good on defense. They're always good rebounding the ball. Uh, last year was the offense that was the issue. It was the point guard. I think they'll be better in terms of that. And I just think Kansas, they're missing one of their better defenders in Jalen Wilson, who's suspended. I believe he had a DUI, so he'll be out. 
Uh, I just think early in the season, this will be, you know, a close game, kind of a clunky game. You know, these games usually are down to the last minute, last possession. So getting four and a half, I think, is a good deal for Michigan State, who we know is always a, a well-coached team here. Yeah, Will and I match up again. We are both on the Spartans here in this spot. And Will's got a total here. And I want to make a point about the totals because what you're seeing, if you're watching the screen this morning, you're seeing a lot of these college basketball games, not all of them, but you're seeing quite a few of them get bet to the under because, look, what we've seen in the NBA a little bit is it wasn't just the fact that they had the new ball. Guys are guys have now been used to shooting in empty gyms mm-hmm. because they haven't had spectators. Now you're going to have spectators in a lot of these games. And, you know, might be a little bit of the same here, at least early on with these unders. Certainly the betting market and a lot of the, the sharp guys that bet the overnights are, are betting these unders, I think, uh, you know, by and large on the board. And Will, I know, likes one here. I believe Abilene Christian in Utah. I don't think that's the reason maybe for this under will, but you like the under here in Salt Lake. Yeah, the game everyone's going to be watching in the country. <laughs> I mean, everyone can't wait to watch this game. This is rotation number uh, 687. I like the under here. Again, uh, good point about the empty gyms. I also think the empty gyms means less people you know, under the basket, less people on the sideline. So you can just kind of crash the basket with abandon. That's another thing that kind of gets lost in the empty gyms that's gone away now. But uh, if you remember Abilene, they were one of the darlings of the tournament last year. They beat Texas, I think, by a point, like 53-52. They're an ugly team to watch, or they're a beautiful team to watch, depending on your perspective. They play great defense. They attack on defense. They really swarm the ball. They just have a hard time scoring the ball. Uh, so I look for more of the same today. I think Utah is really uh, well coached, well, uh, a sound defensive team themselves. So I like the under here. I don't I don't think either team will really sniff 70. I think this is more of a high 50s, low 60s game. I think this totals uh, definitely a few points too high. I got it at 136 and a half. I don't know if it's moved in the last hour or so, but I like the under here at this one. I won't forget that Texas game anytime soon. I was on Texas second half. Didn't work out for me very well. Okay, Will, let's go up a level here, back up to the NBA. Talk about the Bucs uh, taking on the Sixers tonight and the Bucs on the road. And Boy, the Bucs have been kind of an indifferent team here in defense of their championship, but uh, you kind of like the road team tonight. I do. I think it's a big game for them. I mean, they've quietly lost five out of six. I think everything's quiet in the NBA because it's football season. You know, they kind of jammed two seasons into one. So people, you know, NBA is not at the tip of people's tongues right now. But the Bucks kind of suffer from what the bubble team suffered from last year, a quick turnaround, uh, a little malaise off a championship. They've lost five out of six. They, they've blown some big leads. They were up 20-something points against the Knicks the other night. Not only end up losing the game, but they lose it by 15 points. It's a 36-point turnaround. Uh, I think this is a get-right spot for them. I think they put a number on the Sixers. No Embiid. Uh, obviously, no Simmons. Uh, Harris, we'll see if he plays. But I think this is a good spot for, for uh, Milwaukee to, to get back on track and win this one going away. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. I haven't bet this yet. But looking at the Milwaukee Bucks starting out four and six. Wow. Uh, Milwaukee is not Algonquin for the good <laughs> land. Apparently, it's Algonquin for struggling, at least early in the season. So now down to five and a half. I think this was an opener of six. But uh, Milwaukee, I wouldn't be in disagreement with Will. And uh, Will, looking at the NFL card as well for Sunday and 
Look, the closing line value, we had a little uh, DM exchange about closing line value. It's for the birds, apparently, Will. You beat a number by over a touchdown, and you're just dead on arrival in these <laughs> NFL games like we both were with San Francisco last week against Arizona. And you're going to take another shot. You're going to take another stand against Arizona here. Carolina Panthers, pretty much market-wide 10. There are some nine and halves out there. But you're going to make a case for slamming Sammy, seeing the ghosts and all in the Carolina Panthers. Ooh, I hope I'm betting PJ Walker. I right. hope I'm not betting Sam Darnold. <laughs> right. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the points. Like you mentioned, this is the second week in a row I got killed with the closing line value. Two weeks ago I had the Vikings. I think I got a bit of pick or plus one. End up closing minus four and a half. Never a chance, lose the game outright. Same thing. That was a terrible performance by the 49ers. But I think this line is too high. I think because the Cardinals won last week, they're eight and one. They can play it cautious with Murray. From everything Kingsbury said, they say, you know what, we're not gonna rush Murray back. We're gonna exercise caution there's a chance you see Colt McCoy again and I know he played well last week but if you're getting 10 against Colt McCoy I think you got a good bet uh the Panthers can still get after the passer still second in the league in terms of yards per play on defense they got McCaffrey back uh tens a lot of points I'll, I'll take the points here with Carolina as a season-long backer of the Panthers I'm starting to really sweat that out after a 3-0 start please PJ Walker please play PJ Walker this week I've watched enough of Sam Darnold so far in the last couple weeks all right I gotta ask you about my Cowboys because Will but I got taken to the woodshed last week against Denver. And now the Falcons come in off that big win on the road in New Orleans here. And the Cowboys still have to lay a big number at home. What do you make of this one? Yeah, probably a pass for me. It's not even in the range where you can tease it because you can only tease it down to three and a half. I would actually lean towards taking the points. Cowboys are not great on defense. They're opportunistic, but you can move the ball against them. Ryan's actually played pretty well. I mean, they mm -hmm. started out ugly. Remember, they had that blowout in Philly where they got destroyed. Then the next week against Tampa, they were in the game, but threw a couple pick sixes. They're right there. They're four and four. They're actually the seventh seed if the season were to end today, which is hard to believe because it, it hasn't been pretty for Atlanta. I would lean towards taking the points. Just, you know what? If you're down 14, you can get the backdoor cover late with Ryan. So uh, I'll lean towards the Falcons, not dying to bet it, though. I actually think that might be the right side to be on. Let's see if Dak can play a little bit better than he did a week ago. Will, always love uh, catching up with you again. Follow him on Twitter at not. The Will Hill and check out that New York City cast. It's pretty darn good. Thanks, Will. We'll catch up again soon. I'll see you guys Sunday. Appreciate it. Thank you. Can't wait for the green zone. All right. When we come back, we're going to have Ovi Mahaley next hour, former two time Pro Bowl fullback. Yeah, fullback in the NFL. Come on back. It's VEASAN right here, the Sports Betting Network. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. 
Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today.